And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio once again today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, Senior Pastor, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. I'm delighted to be here. We continue the subject that's dear to my heart today. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's good to have you here today. Last week we were talking about creeds and confessions of the church. And uh, one of the questions that had come up was, why do we need creeds? And you guys were talking about some early creeds that were in the Bible itself. And uh, one of which was uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And to open this today, I'll just read from that. It says this, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And it continues with uh, the fact that he was seen by people, mentioning who he was seen by. And that was uh, really an early creed. And there were a number of verses in the Scripture that served as early creeds. And then last week we got into talking about the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed, Athanasian Creed. Uh, Those are posted for your convenience on the Redeemer Broadcasting website under What We Believe Creeds. And then we also mentioned the Heidelberg Catechism. And uh, today... I think I'd like to uh, proceed a little bit further now in the history of the church and talk about some more confessions. Uh, There's many of them, but uh, we'll have to limit it lest we run out of time today. And uh, so, gentlemen, which one would you like to uh, cover next? I'd like to comment uh, briefly on the passage you read at first there where it says, Paul says, I delivered unto you what I received. Creeds and confessions are a great way to pass on the faith. And the creedal characteristics of that passage, Paul says he had already received it. He didn't uh, have all of that evidence. It was passed on to him. And so what I like to leave, uh, well, let's say to my children, uh, I, I hope to leave them something in life. But more important than anything else, I want to leave them my faith. Mm. And I certainly can always point to the faith that uh, is summarized in, say, the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. But for me, in my tradition, uh, it would be the Westminster Standards, which would be the Confession of Faith, the larger and shorter catechisms. And those standards that you mentioned, uh, what would be the time frame of in the history of the Church when they were articulated? 1643 to 1648. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Westminster. Uh, yeah. And, of course, there were some creeds leading up to that in our discussion. Well, there, uh, we uh, talked about the 39 yes. articles mm-hmm. in the English church, which uh, mm-hmm. that was a, kind of the, the first start of, well, when the English church had broken away from the Catholic church, they got to the point of, well, what do we believe now? 1563. Hmm. 1563. On the 39 articles. Okay. But what they yeah. represent, though, uh, it was an attempt I'm of the prayer book. to define the faith. <laughs> in terms of uh, what they were not as well as what they were. In a real sense, the 39 Articles did that, and the Westminster Confession also is telling you what they are not, what is not acceptable, what the Scriptures do not teach. And that alone is a good guide for particularly new Christians who Mm -hmm. are being introduced to Mm -hmm. the faith. 
I think that even goes back, you know, when you look at the Athanasian Creed, very often, basically it says, you know, the Trinity is such a a hard concept to grasp. I mean, we can't with our finite minds, Mm. but you finally wind up saying, well, what is wrong? You know, it it tells you what you shouldn't be believing about God as much as what you should be believing. And that's right. You have to say, this is a denial. And that's, you know, that's part of what irks people about the Christian faith, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because... When you stand up and say, Jesus is Lord and he's the only way of salvation, you're also saying all these other ways are not. Well, interesting, yes. Mark, you you bring that up. That is a wonderful point uh, in a day where we don't want to have any definite beliefs. We're into diversity and we That's think right. everyone has the same truth. You have your truth and I have mine. And mm. we go on and mm. on about this, but that is not the way things are. That's right. And God has revealed himself in Jesus Christ, and he is the only redeemer spoken of in the scriptures, and these creeds point that out. Now, you guys had mentioned uh, before Westminster the 39 articles, and uh, I'm assuming that means it's got 39 sections that are called Mm -hmm. articles to it? Okay. Yeah, it's the Church of England, 39 articles. It's Reformed in its theology. well put together and well worth reading. The Episcopal Church really doesn't use that today. And it's a shame that some do in Africa, by the way. They cherish the 39 articles. Yeah, how about that? Uh, but the Westminster Confession of Faith, for instance, the 39 articles inspired the Westminster Standards. Right, so they provide part. kind of the yes. foundational mm-hmm. thinking right. leading up to uh, Westminster then. Now, the uh, Westminster, uh, you've got the Westminster Confession of Faith. You've got, what, the shorter catechism, the larger catechism. Mm-hmm. And, um, Mark, before we open the mics, I think you were mentioning that Westminster time frame was, what, 16? 1643 is when they started meeting, and then okay. the confession, after that meeting, they got out in 1647. The shorter catechism also came out in 1647, and then the larger catechism in 1648. Okay. I may have those catechisms mixed up, but they basically had the confession of faith first, and they said, hey, how do we teach this? Let's build these catechisms. And so they had the shorter catechism for children, larger catechism for adults, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're all wonderful reading. I don't know if our listeners have ever read any of these, but they're they're quite interesting, but they do require... A degree of uh, clarity in your own mind. We we live in a culture today where everything is quick and sound bites and a lot of visual in terms of TV. And unless you get in the right frame of mind, reading a confession can almost seem kind of boring at times. And yet it's it's very exciting the more you get into it and understand, oh, this really helps bring to light the crispness that I am to have regarding the fundamentals of the faith. Um, I know that here up in the Shokan area, um, Kerhonkson area of New York, we have a little Bible study going every other Friday night, right, Mark, where uh, you're teaching the shorter catechism, and that's open for anybody that wants to send us an email, and we meet in homes. Uh, Sometimes it's our home, your home, sometimes uh, another home in the Shokan area, and uh, that's been a good little study. Well, let's talk a little bit now about uh, Westminster. That was, I guess, some important meeting that was convened. Uh, Who were some of the people that uh, came to that? But before we get to that, I see we're up against a break. 
So uh, we'll just take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us now. You're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, Senior Pastor, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Before our break, gentlemen, we were talking about Westminster and how they convened, and I know you want to get to talking about a few specific questions in the Shorter Catechism, and before we do that, who were the kinds of people that met to iron out and try to document the salient uh, doctrines of the Christian faith that became known as the Westminster Confession of Faith. Well, the uh, just to give you a, a, off the top of my head, I didn't go back and research this, but <laughs> uh, they met for several years, sometimes intermittently, uh, between 1643 and 1648. And there were different parties and interests. They were trying to draw up a uniform doctrinal statement for the Church of England, which was almost going to become Presbyterian in its form of government, but they didn't quite make it. Mm -hmm. They never adopted it. But Parliament had charged the various Christian uh, groups in England to, uh, to draw up a uniform confession of faith that everyone could live by. And they tried to truly worked very hard on trying to summarize the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. In these statements, and it is magnificent from that standpoint. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's uh, give an example of a few of these Q and A's from the shorter catechism to uh, illustrate that. Well, last week we did mention the opening. Wouldn't hurt to mention again, yeah. and it starts out. The shorter catechism starts out with this great question, maybe the most famous question in all of catechisms: What is the chief end of man? And, of course, the answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Yeah. I just want to make one comment on that. Um, A book came out recently called The Purpose Driven Life. Many of you are familiar with it. Mm -hmm. Rick Warren. And I remember going through the study and doing a study with that with a group of men. And they hit this thing. What is life all about? 
it's about glorifying. And it was like a revelation to them. And I'm sitting there like, mm-hmm. haven't you ever read the Westminster Shorter Catechism <laughs> Question 1? You know, I mean, but yeah, it is so profound. And, and look really at Bach. Is. Yeah. When he finished his musical compositions, yep. he ended up with mm-hmm. his signature, but it was Solo Gloria Deo, to the yeah. glory of mm-hmm. God. Yeah. So there was a time when people understood what the chief end of <laughs> That's right. being a human being was. It was to glorify God. Exactly right. And you have this extra part in here that's really important, to enjoy him. Enjoy him. To enjoy him. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some, unfortunately, there's some Christian groups that, that really don't want to enjoy living, really don't want to enjoy God. And we ought to uh, affirm life more than any other right. group on earth yeah. because we know that God has given us Mm-hmm. All these things, says the Apostle, yes. uh, to enjoy. Yes. And everything is sanctified through That's right. thanksgiving and prayer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good point. Well, how about another uh, Well, there's example? there's this uh, famous one in four. It's a description of who God is. And the question four in the Shorter Catechism says, what is God? And the answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Now, that's powerful to go through those attributes of God and to see uh, how the scriptures talk about all those things. Mm. Yes. By the way, in some versions of the Shorter Catechism, if you get the full one, they have scriptural proofs. Right. I love that is because they do have all those scriptural proofs. Now, here we are in the 21st century, and we have concordances and searches in our computers. We Mm -hmm. might be able to, we certainly could add more scriptural proofs to Mm -hmm. them. But I'm amazed at how these men just knew the scriptures Mm -hmm. so well. They They picked those things right out. There's a particular edition i like it's it's orange colored the shorter catechism with scripture proofs it's available from the banner of truth trust and mm-hmm. if you can't get a hold of that and you need a copy just let us know here at the station we'll get one out to you by the way question 14 is also very famous and i think it helps us to remember what sin is it says what is sin and the answer is sin is any one of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. Mm. So there's two aspects to sin. There's a standard that God holds up, and it says sin is any want, or you could say any lack of conformity to that law. It's talking about your attitudes. Yeah. 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 I love it, because here's a statement that just one little sentence, and it's just pregnant with meaning. It is, yeah. In in that case... uh, not, let's say let's say truth telling. You not yeah. only must tell the truth and not lie, but you must want to tell the truth and mm. love the truth. Mm. So it finds you out yeah. even at the attitudinal level. That's right. Well we're talking today about creeds and confessions of the church. And first of all, we had mentioned even last week that these creeds naturally flow out of scripture itself. A number of formulations, uh, creedal formulations, are found in the scriptures. Last week we had mentioned the uh, passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. We opened today talking about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and following. And then we started discussing some of the uh, more, can I say, 
complex or involved confessions as uh, these men of God got together and basically thrashed out mm-hmm. uh, what the Bible teaches about these these different items. Uh, we've talked about um, what is your purpose in life. Mm-hmm. We've talked about God himself. What is God? And uh, talked about our sin and the, the aspects of our Mark, sin. Mark, you're teaching the uh, Shorter Catechism on the Friday. Yes, yeah, we're doing going through the Shorter Catechism on what, every other Friday night. Yeah. You, you remember the uh, passages pertaining to justification. Yeah, and, uh, this is, this is a, again, I love this, especially when you look at, at question 33, which is justification, mm-hmm. and juxtapose it with question 35, which is sanctification, and especially the verbs in those words. Listen to this. What is justification? Justification is an act of God's free grace wherein he pardoneth all our sins and accepteth us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us Mm. and received by faith alone. There's a whole series of sermons right there. Right there. It's just, I mean, (laughs) but notice... How carefully they use those words. Mm -hmm. It's an act of God's free grace. He Mm -hmm. does it. He saves. It's his act. Now, you come over to question 35. What is sanctification? Sanctification is a work of God's free grace. Mm -hmm. Here we justification, an act of God's free grace. We are made righteous, boom, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh Imputed righteousness, as it says. Here, sanctification is a work of God's free grace. God's working on us. Here he is. Wherein we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God and are enabled more and more to die to sin and to live to righteousness. You know, we often look at salvation as two parts, justification and sanctification. Justification, God makes us righteous. Mm Mm-hmm. He gives Christ's righteousness to us, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then we have the sanctification where he changes our lives from the inside and helps us to die to sin and to live unto righteousness, to live godly lives. What I like about those two um, questions is they emphasize that the gift is able to change you from yeah. inwardly. It mm-hmm. changes you, and it's God's That's doing. Right. It's right. Both in it's justification God's. and sanctification. It is. It is God's doing both cases. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a marvelous uh, text, and you're right. You could preach. You, it's about two or three months worth of sermons. <laughs> That's there, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at the footnotes uh, under justification, and all these Bible verses are quoted here. Yes. Here's just a few of them. Uh, Ephesians yeah. 1, 7, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And that's footnoted after this statement where it says, justification is an act of God's free grace, wherein he pardons all of our sins. Or this one, Second uh, Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's footnoted after this statement, and he accepts us, as righteous in his sight. If you get one of these little guides, one of these little uh, shorter catechisms with scripture proofs, it's uh, conveniently printed right there below the uh, question and answer. So I know we used to go over this with our children, mm-hmm. and uh, the other day I know I mentioned it before, my son Stephen was sitting there reading this, and we started to do a Q&A together, and I couldn't believe how much I had gotten rusty on. 
I need to go over this thing uh, time and again because uh, it seems like I keep forgetting and I I just need to review. Well, what about uh, a person out there that says, uh, I... I really don't care about creeds and confessions, you know. I just, I just want to love Jesus, and uh, that's good. You, you should love Jesus. But um, what about answering this um, maybe quick remark? Well, I, I don't really care about creeds and confessions. What would we have to say about that? You gentlemen? know, uh, approach to that reminds me of uh, I used to when I was a much younger fellow. Uh, I worked in a rescue mission, mm-hmm. and it was a non-denominational rescue mission. A wonderful place. Uh, but outside, it said two things, Jesus saves, and which was, was a wonderful, hopeful sign, but mm. also written on the building, no creed but Christ over the door. And uh, that sounds sophisticated on its face, but it really isn't. Mm. No creed but Christ. Uh, Jesus is a person. He was incarnated. Mm. There were certain truths about him that we need to articulate. Now, that group and the head of that believed the same things that I do about Jesus, but he thought that there was something unholy about putting them down on paper. Yeah. I could never figure it out, but and he also didn't want to talk about creeds or anything as if they were hostile to the Bible. Yeah. But I guess what would happen is if somebody walks up and said, oh, hey, hey, pal, I, I read your sign there, no creed but Christ. Um, who's Christ? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have no content. As soon as we ask that question, yeah. creeds start to come well, forward. Well, well, that's it, you know, and that's that's the point. Um, yeah. I had one pastor, I remember when I was younger, and he would he was teaching us, and he said, well, the reason we go over the catechisms is people say, well, what do you believe? I believe what the Bible says. Mm. Well, what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a circular mm-hmm. reason. Well, you've yeah. got to have some kind of a content to be able to do that. And, you know, you were talking about, well, I just want to love Jesus. Mm. Well, what if I walked up to my wife and I, I just love you? I really don't want to know about you. I don't want to know what your day was like. No, when I love her, I want to be able to know as much as I can yeah. and also to be able to articulate it because, you know, I like to brag up on my wife, you know, and that's, <laughs> a, you know, we should be, and that's what we should be doing too. I mean, that's yeah. what we call evangelism really is mm-hmm. telling what Jesus Christ yeah. did. Yeah. If you, you, know, if you well. are called to ascribe glory to God's name, right. that name is not a bare name. It has content. That's right. As Moses found out yeah. when God <laughs> revealed his name to him. He discovered that he is the one who delivers people out of right. Egypt, that he is with you in the wilderness, yeah. that mm. he gives you water to drink. Yeah. Uh, the one God, the God of Israel, who's not to be identified with the fertility goddesses and so forth uh, in the surrounding cultures. Well, gentlemen, uh, you know what? We're almost out of time. And I know, Mark, you had one more thing you wanted to say, but maybe you could wrap it up in this. Um, let's have some concluding remarks here regarding creeds and confessions, and uh, who would like to start first? I would just say, you know, the creeds and confessions are, are wonderful things. One, it keeps us straight. A lot of times when I'm studying scriptures, and especially when I prepare sermons and things like that, I like to find out what other men believed before mm-hmm. about a passage, because if I'm way off from that, 
I figure, who's probably wrong? It's probably me and my <laughs> misunderstanding. And this is what creeds do. Sometimes people go off and get these great ideas, and actually they're not great ideas. They're mm-hmm. actually heretical. Sure. <laughs> and uh, creeds can be a, a way of keeping us focused on who Jesus really is. Hmm. I, I would say, briefly, creeds are very helpful in, number one, contending for the faith once hmm. delivered unto the saints. They help me understand what the faith is. And two, of course, they are great teaching devices yes. uh, that help me teach the next generation. So hmm. I do employ them in my ministry. Well, that's excellent. With that, we're out of time already. You've been listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today was the second uh, session as we discussed creeds and confessions of the Christian Church. And uh, joining me in the studio today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. We'd invite you to visit our website, if you'd like to uh, download these MP3 files and listen to them again regarding creeds and confessions of the church, also would like to encourage you to obtain a copy of the Shorter Catechism with Scripture Proofs. It's a little pocket size uh, book, and it's orange-colored. Uh, one of them I have here is available from the Banner of Truth Trust. And like we said earlier, if you need a copy of that, just uh, let us know. We'll get it to you. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.